All right. If you would, please bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you so much for this day, Lord. I thank you that you have called each and every one of us into your presence. And so I pray that while we are here, Lord, you would draw us close, that you would inspire us, fill us with your spirit, remind us of who we are, of who you are, and of what you've got us to do. I pray that you would give us ears to hear the spirit, the message that your spirit would speak to us this day. We look to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. This past Wednesday was my son-in-law's birthday, and uh, my granddaughter Kaylee came up with the idea of what she wanted to give him for his birthday gift, and she was like out of her mind. She was so excited. So her and her mom went shopping, and she bought her dad with money that she had saved all by herself, a pair of wireless Bluetooth earbuds so that he could listen to music uh, from his iPhone. And um, so we, when they bought them, Kaylee wrapped them all up. She put them in a bag. She had the fluff sticking out the top. It was really cute. Um, and she did it all by herself. And her plan was that she wanted to give them to her dad on Wednesday night when they went to Gammy's house for birthday cake. Um, but she couldn't even wait. She couldn't stand it. And so the minute she got home from school, uh, she ran up to her room. She got the bag and she brought it down and she made him open it like right then and there. There was no waiting for Gammy's house. Uh, but the look on her little face was so precious as she watched her dad open those earbuds and put them in and try them out. She was beaming with excitement because um, she loves her dad so much. And she just couldn't wait to see him put to use the gift that she had thought of just for him. Folks, I kind of think that's what it's like with God. When you and I put to use the gifts that he has given us. You know, I think it's with great joy and great excitement and anticipation that God waits for you and me to discover and put to use the gifts that he's thought of and chosen personally and especially and specifically for you. You're going to remember last week, I hope, that um, Pastor Johnson reminded us that we are God's masterpiece. We're God's masterpiece. God created us, and he created us with a purpose. He had in mind for each of us something that he wanted us to do within his kingdom. Ephesians 2.10 says this. It says, for you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. And so when God planned you, he also planned what would be your purpose. He made sure when he thought of you and your purpose that you were going to be well equipped to fulfill that purpose. God shaped you, if you will, to fulfill your purpose. So we're following along with our conversation partner. His name is Eric Reeves and he, Reeves, and he wrote this book called Shape, Finding and Fulfilling Your Unique Purpose for Life. If you have a minute and 10 bucks, I would recommend you hop on Amazon. This has really been a good book. I'm so moved as I'm reading through it, and uh, I think it could be life-changing for you. And so, um, so, but in this book, Eric talks about the things that make you, you. And he uses the acronym SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. So, here are the things that make you, you. Your spiritual gifts, those are the talents and skills that God gave you in order to do the work that lies ahead for you. Heart, that's what you love to do and what you're passionate about. 
your abilities, that's what you're naturally good at. Your personality, that's uh, the unique way in which you behave in, in the world. And experience, that's the vocational experiences, like your job, the relational experiences, things you've gone through with people um, in your life, the spiritual. And guess what? Even the painful experiences God uses to help equip you to do the work that he has ahead of you to do. Each of these five things is a brushstroke, if you will, on the canvas of the masterpiece that God calls you. And so today we're going to start with spiritual gifts. And the first thing for our, that I want us to know is that when you and I receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there are four things, four things that we immediately receive, four gifts, if you will. And the first one, the first gift that you get when you receive Christ is the gift of forgiveness. Now, let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. It doesn't matter whether you're spiritually mature yet or not. You get these gifts, okay? You get these four gifts instantly when you place your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first one is forgiveness. And it's so important for us to know and understand that the moment we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and to help us live a life that follows him, the moment we say that, we get that forgiveness. We don't have to wait for it. There's nothing we have to do to earn it. We ask for it and we get it. You and I get relief immediately from the burden of all of the sin and the guilt and the junk that we have been carrying around on our shoulders. And it's imperative that you and I know and understand and believe that to be true before we can effectively live out our God-given purpose. Romans 5.15 says this, Jesus Christ bought forgiveness to many through God's wonderful gift. We get immediately the gift of forgiveness. You know, I remember several years back, the first time I felt as though God was calling me to do something more in his kingdom. I had this like crazy notion in my mind that God was calling me to be a pastor. And so the first thing I said, because God and I argued about it a lot, was God, you got this all wrong. You don't want me. You don't want me. I, I have too much sin in my life. I've done too many wrong things. I've said too many bad words. I've hurt too many people. I couldn't possibly be a good representative of you. And so I did not step out and act on that inclination that God wanted me to be a pastor for a really long time until finally I think God smacked me on the head and he said, look, I've taken all that stuff away. I removed all that guilt through the work of my son, Jesus. It isn't really yours anymore to carry around. You're forgiven. You're completely forgiven, God said. And guess what? God said, you're a new creation. You're my masterpiece, and I've got a new purpose for you. Now go and get busy. So I went and I got busy and I thank God that I was able to understand that forgiveness was freely and completely mine or else I wouldn't have taken the steps to do this thing that has brought such fulfillment and joy to my life. It makes my life complete and my life would not have been complete had I not understood that God has forgiven me. Friends, let's understand that God doesn't call people who are full of sin 
to do his good work. He calls people who are fully forgiven of all their sin. Because those are the ones who have the loudest and most effective voice. And so if you have received Jesus, know that you have immediately received the gift of forgiveness. And if you've received the gift of forgiveness, then guess what? God calls you. Because you stand to make a difference. You stand to have a huge impact on this world. The second gift that you and I get the moment we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior is we get the gift of eternal life. This life, I hate to tell you folks, it is not all that there is. There is so much more that matters beyond this place. And yet, how many of us live as though we're just placed here to get through? I just got to get through this life. We live like uh, we're just put here to work my job. I'm just put here to uh, save money so I could maybe someday retire. Because that's really what the world expects of us, right? But God expects. In fact, God desires so much more for you and for me from this life. And so we ought to be living our lives, not with what rewards we've got waiting here on earth in minds, but rather the rewards and treasures that we can build for ourselves in heaven. You know, I do entirely too many funerals. And the number one scripture that people ask me to do when I'm planning their funeral with them is they want me to read the scripture where Jesus receives a person into heaven and says, well done my good and faithful servant. Don't we all want to hear that? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let me ask you this. Is Jesus going to say that to you? Is he going to say that to you when you cross over into heaven? He is if you've lived out what he has shaped you for. He's not going to say like, hey, way to go. You saved a lot of money. You had a big old bank account when you died. No, that doesn't matter. That's temporal. He's going to say something like, hey, you used what I gave you to bless others in my name while you were on that earth. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life carrying out not my own purpose, but God's purpose for me. I want to live my life in light of God's kingdom, in light of eternity and eternal life. I want to live my life in light of what my Savior has given me to do, using what he's given me to do it with. Which brings me to the third gift that we receive when we come to Jesus. We get the gift of his Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says, We know how dearly God loves us, Because he has given us the gift of his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. See, this is how God fulfills his promise to be with us always. By his spirit who lives in us. And we receive that spirit when we fully place our trust in Jesus Christ. And so when the spirit lives in us, we see two things. Okay? If the Spirit is not in you, if you said some empty words, then the Spirit isn't in you, and you're not going to see these things. But when you meant what you said, 
and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you get the Spirit, we're going to see two things. We're going to see the fruit of the Spirit. Who remembers what the fruit of the Spirit are? Anybody? Shout them out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. They are temperaments. They are behaviors. They are characteristics that help you and me to be more like Jesus. And so when we have the Spirit in our lives, we will show the fruit of the Spirit in our behavior and our characteristics. Did you ever hear anyone say, did anybody ever say this to you? Like, there's just something about you. There's just something about you. I wasn't allowed really to preach when I was working in drug and alcohol rehab, but people would come up to me and say, you know, there's just something. And I would say, well, I think it's the Holy Spirit living in me and bringing me to show fruit. The other thing that we receive when we receive the Spirit is something we call spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts are different from fruit. Spiritual gifts are abilities where fruit were personalities, they were characteristics. Spiritual gifts are abilities that were given to each one of us in order to do the kingdom work that God has planned for us to do, in order to bless other people in his name. So the fourth thing that you and I get when we say yes to Jesus is we get this gift of special abilities, these spiritual gifts. Now listen to what Paul says to the believers at the church in Corinth. And he says this to you and me, okay, as well. And so I'm going to read it to you from the English Standard Version because I like how it's kind of clearly worded. But here's what Paul said. He said to the church in Corinth, to those who sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All who in every place call Jesus. Friends, that's, that's you and me, right? So listen up, because here's what Paul says. He says, I never stop thanking God for all the generous gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. He has enriched your church with eloquence and every kind of knowledge. And you have every spiritual gift that you need. He has enriched every believer. He has enriched your church. Folks, that tells me that God has placed us together. He has gifted us to do his good work right here at Mount Hope United Methodist Church. That message to me couldn't be any clearer. God brought us together in Christ Jesus, and he gave us the tools, and he gave us the abilities that we need, and he gave us work to do in order that you and I, as members of this church, could bless other people in his name. Now listen, I want you to imagine our Father's joy when we do exactly that. I also want you to understand that every single person whom God has brought here has a gift and has a purpose. Everyone. No one has been brought here to warm a pew. I promise you. No one has been called by God to this church to just sit. God has a purpose. 
And guess what? God has gifted you for that purpose. Listen to Peter's instruction one more time. Irene read it so beautifully to our gifted church. He said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So what are these abilities? What are these gifts? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about what the spiritual gifts are. Um, the passage we heard this morning says that we each have been given a gift for the common good, that every gift is different, but it all comes from the same God who calls us to our purpose. So um, here on this slide are, are 20 that are listed specifically in the scriptures that I have pulled out. Um, I think this isn't an exhaustive list. I think there are many, many more ways that God gives us that we can bless other people in addition to this list of 20, but just get a look at them over my shoulder. Each of us gets at least one, more often a combination of these gifts, and that's what enables us to do our part in the kingdom of God. And I think that it's so cool that God didn't leave you and me unprepared for the thing that he called us to do. Because he gave us the tools that we need. First he calls us, then he equips us, then he gifts us, then he sends us out to use them. And when you and I discover and develop and deploy our spiritual gifts, guess what? People are blessed. And God's kingdom is grown. And God is pleased. And we feel fulfilled. Win-win, win, and win situation, isn't it? So let's talk about these spiritual gifts. They're different from natural abilities. Natural abilities are something that we're born with, right? Did you ever see a kid who just was born performer? They could just sing. I was watching, I can't even remember what game it was, uh, but I was watching a sports game. It was an international sports game. There's this little four-year-old girl. She looked like a little Asian girl, and she sang the national anthem, and I cried. Like, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I... I don't know, I was just amazed. She was naturally born singer. Some of us are born naturally athletic. You know, we have balance, we're agile, we're coordinating, we have skill, and then there's the rest of us who are not. Some people were born artistic. They just have an eye for art that simply cannot be taught. That is a natural born ability. So we have natural born abilities, but then there are abilities that we get when we receive Jesus Christ through God's Holy Spirit. We don't have them when we're born, but we get them when we're born again. What's the difference? I'm going to tell you the difference. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> spiritual gifts produce spiritual results. Spiritual gifts produce spiritual results. So, like, some people are naturally born teachers. They're just good teachers, right? I'm so grateful that my kids have been impacted by people who, when they taught, literally changed my children's lives. They are naturally born teachers. But when somebody has the spiritual gift of teaching, lives are moved toward Christ when they teach. Souls are saved and people are drawn to God through their teaching because they're spiritually gifted to do that. There are people who have the natural ability to sing beautifully like that little four-year-old girl. And we hear them, we go, wow, that was good, right? And then there are people who have the gift of exhortation. So that while they're singing, we hear what they sing and we go, wow, God is good. A couple weeks ago, Mark sang. You know Mark's got a quiet voice and he sang, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Mark's got the spiritual gift of exhortation. 
And when he sang, my heart was moved right toward God. That's the difference between a natural ability and a spiritual gift shared for the blessing of the people of God. Spiritual gifts, when they're used and they're, and they're shared, draw people toward God. They have spiritual consequences. And so it's important for us to seek and to know what exactly are our spiritual gifts. Why is it important? I'm going to give you four reasons. The first reason that it's important for you and me to know what our gifts are is because our gifts shape our work. When you figure out how God shaped you, then you can better understand what God's purpose for your life is on this earth. Your spiritual gifts will shape your work. God doesn't ever give us a job for which he has not equipped us. And so when we figure out what equipment we got, then we can figure out how we're supposed to use it and what we're supposed to do with it. Paul said this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit gives them all. There are different ways of serving, yet we serve the same Lord. There are different types of work to do, but the same God produces every gift in every person. Folks, we have all got different jobs to do, and so we are all gifted differently. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us God's masterpiece. I pray that one of my gifts is teaching. And so when I teach, um, hopefully you are blessed. But it wouldn't be fair for me to ask Carl to teach, to stand up here and speak to you, because that's not how God has gifted him. God has given Carl the spiritual gift of serving. And when he serves, when he helps people to do what they can't do for themselves, people see that God loves them through what Carl has done for them. Karen Jason in our church has the gift, clearly has the gift of administration. I watched her last Saturday, Saturday run that bread of life operation. It, I was amazed. And all I could think of is, God, you are brilliant for gifting her in that way and calling her to that ministry because person after person after person after person was blessed and was drawn to God. Jack and Gail Mitch, they have the gift of helping. And they're using every single week those gifts when they do behind-the-scenes work. You don't see them at work, but they make our worship better. And they make our worship run smoothly. And they use their gift of helping and serving. Imagine what this church could accomplish if every single person, young and old, figured out what their gifts were and started using them to honor and glorify God. I tell you, this church would be unstoppable in drawing people to God. We would be unstoppable. So we all have different gifts, and we all have different work that's set aside for us to do. And all of those gifts, folks, are of utmost importance. If just one of us is not using their gifts and serving their purpose, the entire church is less effective. One year, my son Dan bought me a thousand-piece puzzle. Thousand. I love Disney. I love Thomas Kincaid. He does lots of really pretty pictures, so he brought me a puzzle that had a picture of Cinderella's castle uh, painted by Thomas Kincaid, and I put that thing together, and there were like, you know, 999 pieces. I don't know whether the dog got one or um, I dropped it, but there were 999 pieces. There was one missing, 
can I, can I tell you where my eye always goes when I look at that picture? It goes to the piece that's missing. Don't be the missing piece. Don't neglect your gifts and your purpose, but use what God gave you so that you can bless us all, so that you can make the work of this church complete. We all need to figure out our spiritual gifts and abilities because they shape our work and they show our worth. Your spiritual abilities show your worth. Remember last week, we learned that we were God's workmanship, that we're God's masterpiece. It is important for each and every one of us to understand that you are of utmost value because God created you, because God loves you. I just wanted to take a second and let that sink in. The fact that God made you makes you unutterably valuable. You are of infinite worth to the God of the universe. You are so important to him that he thought of a job for you to do. And you are so valuable to him that he put his spirit inside of you and he gave you gifts and abilities. You are of such infinite worth because Jesus died for you. And when he did, he made for you a place in heaven for eternity. And my wish is that every man and woman and child in this congregation would understand that in Christ Jesus, we have infinite worth. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am of infinite worth. Now here, come on. You got to believe it, folks. You have got to believe that you are of infinite worth. Because when we understand that we are of infinite worth, that we are God's masterpiece, that he has gifted us with all of these wonderful things, then we don't have to go around comparing ourselves to everybody else. When we understand that we are of infinite worth, we don't have to feel like we got to change things about ourselves that are unpleasing to someone else. Because God thought I was worth it. And any change that's got to be made in me, God, will bring about. You are God's masterpiece. God said, I have put into you gifts and heart and abilities and personality and experiences that make you who you are. And all of that should show you your worth. Every single person is worth incredible things to our God. And we're all needed. We're all important. You know, it's not just the pastors and the worship leaders who are important within this church. It's every single person who brings their gifts to the table and uses them to bring people to God. They're important. And we need to understand our spiritual gifts because they shape our work, they show our worth, and they share our worship. Did you know that using your gifts that God gave you as an act of worship, doing what God intended for you to do shows God that you love and appreciate him and that's what worship is Jesus said this in John 15 8 he said when you produce much fruit my father is honored and glorified so discover your gifts put them into practice so that you can use them to honor and glorify your father in heaven and when you use your gifts they shine your witness 
Jesus said, let your light shine in front of people. Then they'll see the good that you do. That's the stuff you're safe to do. And they will praise your Father in heaven. When you use your gifts for God's kingdom, it not only makes God happy, but it also fulfills you. And it helps other people to see our God. It lets other people know that you have a God who loves you and whom you love enough to use his great gifts. Shine your light before men. Shine your witness by seeking to fulfill your purpose in God's kingdom, the purpose that he has gifted you to do. Now, how do you discover which gifts are? We don't all know what our gifts are, right? It's simple. Just start doing things. Just start doing things around the church. Do them around your house. Do them at your place of work. Do them at your school. That's how God's going to help you to discover what you're good at. You will not learn what your gifts are until you start trying some things out. Your light can't shine till you flip on the switch, right? I'll tell you, I would have never known that I was gifted for pastoral care if I hadn't just stepped out in faith about 20 years ago and gone on a youth mission trip. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never done that. I was surely unprepared in my own gifts, but um, God gave me words on that trip to speak to a teen who was really hurting at the time. And when I spoke to that teen, God gave me a sense of well-being, that I served him well. And so a little spark was kindled inside of me. And then when I worked as a table leader on the walk to Emmaus, God showed me that I could pray for people and help and bring them comfort in their difficulties. That I could use something that wasn't of me, but was from God to brighten another person's darkness. And I never would have known it if I hadn't stepped out and tried a new thing. And so, folks, here's my, here's my challenge to you. Step out and try a new thing. Step out and try a new thing. There are like a hundred things that you can do right here in this church. Maybe you'll be good at them, and maybe that's not the area where you're spiritually gifted. But guess what? There's only one way to find out. The only way to discover and uncover and deploy your gifts is to get out there and start trying some stuff. So church, get out there. Start trying some stuff. Let your light shine before men, so that when they see what you're doing, they're going to give glory to your Father in heaven. 